Hello, and good day, everyone. Sorry about the loud yell there. Uh, welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here with my co-host. Hey, everybody. It's Ryan. It's the uh, cardboard samurai out of the uh, Tokyo area of Japan, and I know that that opening is always loud because I always have to edit <laughs> like, oh no you know i, I start out with like the full energy and then by the yeah. end of the show i'm just like mm-hmm. uh-huh. yes we should yes do that. i can get the nice calming tones yes. coming from my voice <laughs> <laughs> yes all of that um so to last week we went over through our set review hopefully you guys listened to it you know i know it was nice and long because we were going over everything that was interesting from this set and there certainly was a lot mm-hmm. um so today is kind of still um as of, I think, yesterday, the s- cards went on sale. So, you know, don't really yeah. have our hands on things yet. We've been trying to test, you know, putting things together, gold fishing them online, and uh, trying to, you know, get some early brews out from this set. Uh, you know, just trying to see some things that we think might be fun, might be powerful in the future, and, uh, you know, the, the kind of stuff that we're going to be playing with, you know, trying to make, you know, beginning of the season, I always try and, like, break out new decks, see what's mm-hmm. going to be powerful, try and figure out what cards are good. Um and then as the, uh, you know, things go on, maybe I, I pull back and start playing the more competitive decks. It's usually what ends up happening, but sometimes my early brews end up doing quite mm-hmm. well. So we've had some, yeah, some you've brews had some good before. Calls before. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. It's like this brew. Um, so, well. um, but before, yeah, you know, we should go back and uh, we, should, we should do an episode and go back in some of our brews because I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. Bard class, you know, I feel like a, a bunch of things we did um, early we on talked called about, and ended yeah. up being decent. Yeah. Um, no, but I was going to say, uh, this I think is the first time they're actually selling the decks before they go live. Like, they're mm. not live on Arena yet, I think, until this uh, next week. And they're not going to be live on MTGO, I think, until next week, right? Yeah, there's some back and forth with that. You know, they're trying to make it different for events. You know, sometimes they plan it around like, oh, hey, there's going to be an event this weekend. We don't want it to go live and mm-hmm. people won't have time to get the cards. I don't know. But I think also, uh, I think it's kind of good for local game stores because people don't know what's good. If everyone is going out and buying cards that, you know, everyone's already kind of broken on MTG or Arena, then, I mean, I guess people can kind of test, like, you know, if they proxy them up with paper and stuff like that. Mm. But, um, you know, it makes it a lot, I would say a lot more challenging to do so. But that means that, hey, you have to kind of go out and buy the cards you know, if you think that they might be good and that, that helps LGSs, I think that's, that's my, my take on it. Okay. So I think it's a good thing. You know, I, I prefer to actually kind of spend this week brewing. I think brew, this brew episode will be more, more, um, how can I say, uh, more impactful than, than past ones because they're doing it like this. Cause usually at this time when we record our brews, we've already seen some people kind of already saying, Oh man, this is so broken on, you know, MTGO or, mm. or, or whatever. So, I mean, sometimes it's me tweeting out like, hey, I broke everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, before we get started on this brew episode, though, do you want to talk about um, what cards you didn't include that you kind of still want to brew with afterwards? Ooh, okay. And some of these I have been brewing with, but yeah, I definitely got a couple big shout outs is that, you know, I said like, Teferi seems like he could be playable. The blue one, And I feel right? like I need to put my uh, yeah my money where my mouth is on, you know, I've been trying to get something with Teferi and Rafine mm. seem like the perfect combination because you can just, you know, draw a bunch of cards, discard a bunch of cards, um, make Teferi and his tokens just get huge. Haven't totally gotten there yet. There's a couple new cards in that list, so I almost had it for today's episode, like the new, like, blue-black cleric mm. um, I almost had in there. Uh, but that, that one I haven't got a chance to brew with yet. I also, you know, I said I was going to update like red green vehicles mm-hmm. slash red green boat um, or maybe, you know, the red green white blue, like the uh, the fires of Karuga. Mm-hmm. I think both of those root wire amalgam is going to be just a huge card for. That's um, the green. Uh, yeah, that's the green prototype card. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I was already going pretty hard on prototypes cards, so I didn't do that one as my third deck. But I've got a really cool list that I want to tweet about. You know, probably later in the week once people have heard our brews and are ready to hear about mm-hmm. more jank that's coming from my end. Is that I think root wire amalgam is like a real deal there. So I actually wanted to kind of still. I wouldn't know. If, I wouldn't say. It's a brew so much as is an update. I wanted to put Thran Power Suit into one of my brews from last time. Um, the, what is that one? That's the. Uh, it is a two mana equipment plus one plus one for each or an equipment yeah. and ward two. Okay, it seems like a really good card for the uh, Hammer Time deck. I think mm. to add on, you know, and then it's kind of you put it instant speed with uh, with what do you call with um the um it's not Sarah's blessing. What is it the uh, 
uh, you do this every time, but it's yeah. um, Sigarda's A. There we go, Sigarda's A. Now, keep in mind, you know, always I'm going to have yeah. the shout-outs for any kind of special, unique interactions. Equipping something with that at instant speed in response to a removal spell will not make the ward trigger. Ward triggers on the cast, so it would not, okay. uh, you know, that, that wouldn't apply. Okay. But still, if it was damage that was going to kill it, and you put that on there along with the other stuff, it gets plus one, plus one for oh, every absolutely. other thing. Yes. So, so that, it's still it's kind of neat. I think it's a, it's an extra threat. So I wanted to um, kind of add that. I wanted to update that. And also I wanted to update green, white auras. I wanted to try out audacity. You know, we don't mm-hmm. have rancor yet. I thought that would have been a fun, a fun deck, but I don't, I, I, I kind of started to brew it, but I'm like, yeah, it's, it's not going to be a lot to talk about. It's just like, just one. Or well, two I'm cards. hoping you've got a nice landfall deck for me. Cause that's what I was excited to hear. Yes, about. I do. And there, the other okay. one, there, okay. there's one more I wanted to brew with. And that was transmogrant's crown, the uh, skull clamp mm. at home. Yeah, I haven't uh, found any good way to do anything with that, so I'm interested to hear what you've got. Yeah, so those are three cards I didn't brew with today, but I did kind of want to brew with them. Okay. So, uh, just a little bit of housekeeping. What we usually do on these episodes is we both bring, you know, this time we brought three. If we have a guest on, we usually each bring two. So we've got about six decks to go over. We also got a couple decks from our Discord we're going to go over. Um, and then we're just going to kind of go like, you know, go over what we add to these lists, what are we're trying to build around, particularly calling out the new cards, of course, because that's what this is all about. And, uh, you know, just kind of see like how that looks. And then you, we usually, you know, make suggestions towards the mm-hmm. other people's deck, uh, say what, what we, we like and didn't like, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Okay. You want to kick us off? Yeah, if you want me to go over my uh, Elementals deck, you know, you're hyping it up. Yeah, you know, I just asked for it. If you've got one, let's go for it. So this actually, so this is brewed around that um, Awaken the um, Woods Awaken the Woods, yes. Which is the X green green uh, sorcery that create XX green forest dryad land creature tokens. And um, I had so so much difficulty trying to brew with this because I wanted to take it like a couple different ways. I wanted to, for example, maybe try the Valakut. Um, what was it? The Valakut uh, uh, Enchantment. Uh, Escape to Valakut? Yeah, it's like you, uh, whenever okay. you play a land, you exile uh, a card and you play that oh, land to the oh, end Oh, Val- that one's, yeah, that one's like, that one hasn't been great for me when I've tried it. Let me think. It was Valakut. Um, but it's like you exile a top not amount of cards from your library and then if you don't cast them, it deals damage. So you play like two of those exile bunch of cards, and then like you can basically just kill your opponent right there. Valakut exploration. So yeah, that that one's a little bit awkward, but I think it, maybe that's possible. So that was one thing I was going to try to brew with. The other one was I was going to try to do like escape shift um, with uh, Titania and, mm. and and stuff like that. But I feel like it just it's just too slow. That stuff's always kind of too slow, and it's just too complex. And I don't know if it's there yet. So I ended up going. That was definitely more what I was expecting. Is something with Titania because Titania can be really yeah, like because, a huge one shot kill. But then you have to sacrifice. Kill. This is just pure ramp. Okay. Like okay. elemental. So yeah, go go over the list. What do, what do you got okay, going on here? So, like I said, I'm gonna be putting a crap ton of these tokens into play. What am I gonna do with them? How are they gonna help me? You know, instead of just like you know getting landfall. So what I ended up going with is a elementals build. This is kind of based on a deck that I used to play back in. Standard during, I want to say, uh, what was it? Uh, Battle for Zendikar standard, okay. I think. And uh, it's it's the main cards in here are embodiments of fury and embodiments of insight. So you've probably never heard of these cards. They're from Oath of the Gatewatch. Embodiment of fury is a four three three mana for a red trample elemental, and it says land creatures you control have trample. And whenever, so it has a landfall ability. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may have target land you control become a 3 3 elemental creature with haste until the end of turn. So you have this in play. You cast an Awake in the Woods for like five. They all become 3 3 trample uh, elementals and they can attack with mm. haste. And then I also have Embodiment of Insight, which is a 4 4 for four and a green elemental that has vigilance. And it says land creatures you control have vigilance. So um, when you, it's landfall ability, same thing. You get plus three, plus sorry, not plus three. You get it. Your uh, land card becomes a three three creature with haste, um, but it has vigilance. So uh, it doesn't have trample this time. So you have six different ways to turn your one ones that you just put into play. You, you give them all haste, and you know they they attack for a lot. Now how do you how do you boost this up? Um, 
do you remember our old friend Sylvan Advocate? It's a two, three, one, and a green elf uh, that has uh, vigilance. Know it and love it. Yep. And as long as you control six or more lands, Sylvan Advocate and the land creatures you control get plus two, plus two. You play this first. Maybe they don't get it. If it sticks on the board, it's it's game over because you play this. You play an embodiment, and then you you have Awaken the Woods, and you're putting in, let's say you put in three or four, right? Okay, you're going to have more than enough to get the plus two, plus two, and they're going to be three threes with plus two, plus two, five, five. So they're like five, five tramples. Let's say you only put in like three or four, but man, that's 20 damage right there, you know, with Sylvan Advocate. And then uh, what other things do I have? So I wanted to kind of have some early plays, something to get mana out quickly so you can still kind of ramp. So I have a Boreal Grazer in there. Uh, I have Brushfire Elemental, which is the 1-1 red and a green uh, haste elemental. They can't Mm -hmm. be blocked by creatures with power 2 or less. And its landfall is you get plus 2, plus 2 until the end of turn. So that thing's just going to be nasty. It's got good evasion. can't be uh, chump blocked. And then I had Kazandu Mammoth, uh, just some extra land if you need it, but also it gets huge, you know, if you uh, play a land there. And uh, also Sylvan Caryatid, because, you know, not only is it a good blocker, of course, you know, Defender Hexproof, hexproof but uh, we're playing a lot of four mana cards here, and I want them, you know, for example, to, um, how could I say, you know, like get, get that Embodiment of Fury out on turn three or you know, maybe add some extra mana you know to that awake in the woods thing trigger and then okay you know if we have all these cards yeah it's cool to have all you know have these effects and making three threes or five fives or whatever but i still feel like we need to have a ramp target so i went two ways i have Ashaya soul of the wild from zendikar which is three and two green it's a uh, xx it's power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control so that's going to get massive and then uh, non-token creatures you control uh, are forest lands in addition to their other types. So all of your creatures basically become lands at this point. Uh, so you can use them. And if you have any Sylvan Advocates, they'll all pump everything. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, also I have uh, Omnath, Locus of Rage. Rage. This is one of my favorite EDH cards. But uh, it's a 3, 2 green, and 2 red uh, elemental Big, big legendary guy. 5-5. Five, five. His landfall is when a land enters the battlefield under your control, you get a 5-5 five, five red and green elemental creature token. And then whenever another elemental you control dies, uh, Omnath deals 3 damage to any target. So basically, you know, you're still... Uh, all of your, your uh, Wake in the Woods creatures are going to be 3-3 three, three elemental creatures, you know, if you have one of the embodiments in play. And then yeah, if, if they, they block them, kill them, whatever... Um, they're all just going to die. I mean, they're, they're going to take damage from, from Omnath. Um, got, okay. got some removal, got some Shatter Skull Smashing, Strangle, Abrade, uh, Lands. I got, I'm playing 25 of those. Sideboard, I got some new cards. I got Brother, Brotherhoods and Cindervines, Corsair of Crufix, you know, because you can gain a lot by just, you know, playing your Awaken the Woods. Um, Obliterating Bolts, because I really like that. I think you're going to come into some uh, situations where you might need that. Four Rending Volley and two Weathered Runestone. So, yeah, I kind of I kind of totally uh, zigged when I should have zagged. A uh, little bit different than what you were expecting. What do you think? Yeah, a little bit different from what I'm expecting. I think, you know, my first impression is that I, I would need to see a little bit how it plays, because I think that if you're going kind of all in on the combo, I would need to see whether cards like the Brush File or Elemental pay off. Um, you know, if that can help you combo, then maybe that's good. But if not, I would rather see a few more controlling elements in here. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, just something like a Bone Crusher Giant that can kill a creature and stall the board. Um, something that will, you know, help find you lands. I was really surprised not to see the new card. The Blanchwood Prowler is a two mana, one, one elemental that mills three cards and puts a land from them into your hand. And if you don't hit a land, you get to pull some plus one. Um, just because that seems like another way to just, you know, find lands, replaces itself. So again, that would be in the, the version that was putting stuff into the graveyard. This is not putting lands into the graveyard. That would be, that would go along with Titania, I think. Yeah, I am excited. I think I was more excited to see, you know, a little bit of that Titania, a little bit of like I, the Ren and Seven, some of those synergies. I think so that I, would have been too much. Like hmm. trying to do too much. It would have been, it would have looked cool, I think, but I think it would have been really difficult to kind of connect their synergies all together. Okay, okay. Or maybe just um, yeah, you know, a, um, how can I say, uh, efficient enough or consistent enough. 
I definitely like the Ashaya along with the Sylvan Advocate. I would love to see how Sylvan Advocate plays this deck because that could be a lot of fun. And, you know, I do like that Awaken the Woods can just be a ramp spell for you. You know, you play it for three mana and it gives you a land effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe maybe in that same vein, some mana dorks wouldn't be bad. Yeah, some some more a little bit of mana removal just to be able to who control yeah. the board. Um, you know, something that will get you some card advantage does seem a little bit missing. You know, if they can just, uh, you know, thought seize one or two important things, mm-hmm. there's really no comeback mechanic here. So that's where I'm a little bit worried about it. Um, a lot of lands too, you know, possibly for being, I figured you know, I, I, mean, I know that's part of the deck, stuff. but fable passage seems good. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about the sideboard. Cause I see another couple more new cards in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I already read it off, but if you want to comment on okay. it. Okay, oh yeah, you're saying, yeah, Brothers yeah. Buzz End. Yeah, so that's kind of your sweeper you were talking about. Um, that'll be interesting, you know, whether or not sweepers with your own cards there get in the way. Uh, you know, maybe something like a Kozilek's Return would miss more of your own stuff. Uh, just because that's two damage and you've got a lot of three toughest yeah. things. Um, Obliterating Bolt, you know, that's a new one. That one's going to be seen in a lot of sideboards here, I think. So that one, that one's great, and I'm excited to see it. Everything else. Of course, your could also be a cool one. You know, that, that'll give you some life. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would want to see how this plays. You know, Brushfire Elemental and like the, you know, like the big Omnath, some of those, as well as just, you know, the, the full of the embodiment package. So I would be interested to see if that plays as well as we'd like it to. If it doesn't, then maybe we need to re- reimagine what Awaken the Woods can do. What card advantage would you suggest? Because I mean, I'm always bad at like, hey, <sighs> what's, what's going to get me, you know, cards? You know, maybe just something a little bit more mid-rangey. So, like I said, uh, Bone Crusher Giant doesn't seem like a bad one. Um, I'm wondering would what else would Fable be do. okay in here? I don't know. Well, Fable would probably be more for when we're trying to put stuff in the graveyard. I, I don't want to lean you too hard into that because mm-hmm. I know that's not what you were going for. Um, so, I, I guess the other way you could go that would definitely help with both of those things is that you could add the blue and the white and go and play the better Omnath and oh, the yeah. way better Omnath. Uh, you know, the, the both of the four mana ones um, mm-hmm. are really powerful cards and, you know, synergize with having a bunch of I'm elementals, so draw you a bunch of cards, stuff like that. I'm so horrible with that type of four color deck, though. I would not have any <laughs> idea how to start to, to brew with it. Yeah, it would get interesting with the mana because you do want to be able to, you know, you want to have these Fabled Passages and be able to find your land so it does get tight on having enough basics in those kinds of decks. Um, so I understand that, that that definitely can be difficult, but that would also let you run like, you know, Prismatic uh, Ending, which is just a great card. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, Four Color with an Omnath does just always play well mid-range because it's a good card that, you know, gains you life and mm-hmm. cards and all of that. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a way you could possibly go with this. Yeah. Okay. I guess that'd be one way to do it if I knew how to build mana man, mana bases. <laughs> All right. So when once we find a nice four color version of it, we'll yeah. we'll go harder on the we'll throw in some embodiments and call it your deck, and we'll be good. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. All right. All right you want to move on to the next deck? Yeah. Here? All right. I'm going to start off with hey, you know. I love this card, and uh, I was brewing with it all last season, and I'm going to continue brewing with it now. Is Sarah Paragon such a cool card? Um, I, I've been, you know, really into like the Sarah Paragon white, maybe white X decks, and that's kind of what I'm bringing for you first. Again, uh, you know, hopefully you guys don't call me. I, I always call out Ryan when he brings like tokens for like four brew episodes in mm-hmm. a row. Um, so maybe you can call me out <laughs> on this. But what I really wanted to focus on is that some of those prototype cards. I thought it's really cool that you can pay play them for their cheap cost and then blink them and then you get the more powerful version of them. So in this deck in particular, the one that really calls to me is that Combat Thresher. It's a, you know, three mana one one with double strike that when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. You know, that's kind of dinky, but then you just like flicker it with Charming Prince or Yorian, or I've got Touch the Spirit Realm in here, or I've got, you know, Yorian as a sideboard card. A whole ton of ways to blink this, have it come back into play. Not only do you draw a card again, but now you've got a 3-3 three, three, uh, with Double Strike, which is just a huge card. Um, we've also got a couple ways to pump it up after that, like Wandering Emperor and Wedding Announcement, mm-hmm. which are both you know strong mid-rangey aggro cards on their own. Um, so all of this combines into, like, these Combat Threshers just get huge and nasty really quickly. Um, that was the main one I wanted to build around. I was looking at a black-white version where I might be able to play the um, like the 3-3 three, three Menace 
lifelink that becomes like a how big does it become like a seven seven or a seven five menace like flink with ward that one is super powerful so i i do want to try this again as a black white version um and i was messing with a couple different builds there but the one i have right here i feel is the cleanest which was my wano white blink version um yeah so a couple of things besides that you know charming prince is great with extraction specialist rafine's informant put things in the graveyard skyclave operation obviously just gas thraben inspector gas portable hole gas um yeah, Wedding Announcement is really the one that I think that people haven't been playing enough in these kind of decks. Mm-hmm. I've seen stuff like um, Karn in these kind of lists, and I would rather just go a little bit more aggro, as well as even just, you know, it's a good card advantage card. It can either draw you cards, or those bodies become very relevant against stuff like Red Black, which would have to, you know, spend real cards to remove them. Um, so I, I really like this kind of build as being low to the ground, a lot of four ofs, and pretty consistent for what it does, and then just has that power of being able to blink some of these powerful things and really get them back here. So the other one I have that's new in the prototype is the Autonomous Assembler. That one's the 2-mana two 2-2. Two, two. I just wanted another 2-drop in here. Uh, it's a 2-2 two, two with Vigilance, and you can pay 1 and tap it to put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on an Assembly Worker you control, which is just itself or maybe your Muta Vault if you're uh, playing around with that. Mm-hmm. And then you can just blink it, and now it's a 4-5. Or, nice. or, you know, this deck certainly gets to the point where it has 5 mana, um, especially with, like, stuff, th- things like Nykthos. You can just cast the big side of it. Same with the Combat Thresher. You can just cast it, and th- that's what's cool as well. Um, so the last piece of that is... Uh, last piece of that puzzle is another new card in the sideboard, is Soul Partition. Mm. Um, again, you know, one and a white exile target online permanent for as long as it's exiled, its owner can play it as, and it costs two more to play it if an opponent casts it that way. So you can totally just, you know, blink your own thing with this effectively, you know, bounce your combat thresher back in response to removal and put it back into play or do it to your charming prince yeah. and then flicker your combat thresher, you I, know, get back your Yorian with it. Just like no the fact idea. that that can be a value card for yourself is kind of really cool, as well as it's a very reasonable removal spell in a deck that has, you know, if you can beat down, you can definitely just remove your opponent's thing and make it useless. Um, I think this card's been especially great against Grease Fang because you can exile mm-hmm. their Parhelion and then it's not back in the graveyard. They're never casting it mm-hmm. from exile for like 10 mana. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, th- that's a great way to just permanently remove that for two mana at instant speed. Yeah, I mean, that's it's great. I mean, th- this that Soul Partition in the sideboard, I'm just not, not only in the sideboard, but in the main board as well, it's going to mess up so many people's math. It's like, okay, you're going to kill my thing or, oh man, how am I going to destroy it? Um, you know, okay, uh, I will, you know, soul partition my wandering imp or cast it again, exile your creature or whatever, you know, <laughs> stuff, yep. stuff, stuff like that. You know, it's going to be sick. Yeah, I think it's a really cool card. Uh, I almost wanted to put it in the main deck, but didn't. I was looking at another version that might have run it there. Um, I do want to shout out a few more Sarah Paragon synergies. Um, first of all, you know, I love my corner cases. You can indeed cast a prototype creature for its prototype cost off of Sarah Paragon. So even though Combat Thresher is seven mana, the prototype version is three mana, so I could cast it from the graveyard with that. Oh, really? Exile it, it'll come back as the seven. You know, if I blink it, it'll mm-hmm. still come back as the seven version. So there's some power there. You know, Rafine's Informant puts things in the graveyard that way. Uh, Touch the Spirit Realm is a very cool one because I can pay the channel cost for a flicker. And then later I can bring back the removal side, which is just a huge upside for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pretty much most of the deck is stuff that can be brought back. You know, Skyclave Apparition, Portable Hole. It's pretty neat. All great cards. Um, also with mono white, it's easier to put in more field of ruins, failed passages. Uh, those are nice because they, when you bring them back with, um, Sarah Paragon, it's really easy to get rid of them again and then get that life gain. So fabled passage can gain you two life, field of ruin can gain you two life, all of those things. Okay. So I have, uh, yeah, yep. That's it. I was going to say, I, I was like going to touch on the sideboard, but questions. yeah, uh, wh- why don't you come with questions first? Um, Eldrazi Displacer, did you consider it? Because I see you have a lot of colorless, uh, I did cars. consider it. You know, I've messed with a version that had Eldrazi Displacer. Um, here, I did feel like the Soul Partition and the Touch the Spirit Realm do that job just a tiny bit better. Uh, I, I might mess with that more again in the future, but this version I didn't want the uh, the Eldrazi Displacer in. All right. And another question is, um, for extra removal, did you consider maybe having Cataclysmic Gearhole? I had seen Cataclysmic Gear Hulk in the sideboard of some of these kinds of decks because it was a Karn target. Mm-hmm. Um, here, I'm a little bit 
weary to do that because I have you know things like multiple enchantments, multiple portable holes mm-hmm. sitting in play. It can get awkward to uh, to be blinking those with that. You know, I usually have want to want to have a bunch of little dinky guys sitting around and then blink them later with a Yorian. So that doesn't work as well with Cataclysmic Beer Hulk specifically. Okay. You said you wanted to go over your sideboard real quick. Tell me the reason. Um, yeah, you know, nothing nothing too crazy here. Depopulate's a cool one that I've seen a bit of. Uh, you know, not, No one's playing monocolored creatures right now, so it's just Wrath of God, or uh, multicolored creatures, and sometimes you can draw off your Yorian. Uh, Night of the White Orchid, I ended up moving from the main board to the sideboard. I feel like it's better in games that are on the draw. Anointed Peacekeeper is one I've liked in white decks against green, especially being a little more aggro. Um, Unlicensed Hearse is obvious. Lyra Dawnbringer is cool. You know, I do have a couple angels in here. Uh, I didn't end up playing, you know, I wasn't I was surprised you didn't shout it out, but there is one more prototype white card that I didn't run, which was the Steel Seraph. That oh, one's yeah. a six mana five four or a three mana three three with flying. And at the beginning of your combat, you give another creature flying vigilance or lifelink. I, I think that card's cool, but I just didn't quite have the spot for it. So I ended up with the uh, the one that's a two drop five instead. Five four flying, yeah, okay. But that would have been another angel, and then I might have considered, you know, maybe a second Lyra in the sideboard, because they could be really good then. That's pretty neat. Like the idea. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Uh, you know, I'll definitely be playing around with it uh, as long as I can rent the Wandering Emperors on Moto. Yeah. It seems like a pain in the butt for somebody like me to play against. <laughs> oh, yeah. It definitely should be interesting. Jeez, right. how expensive has wedding announcement gotten, too? Oh, I don't know when that really happened. expensive. Um, it says yeah. 15 in paper, but like here in Japan, it's like 25. Oh, wow, wow. Nobody yeah, opened Vow. Nobody opened it. <laughs> Only the stores. You might, you guys weren't like running through the stores to open the uh, yeah. the double feature? I mean, you can still find <laughs> Vow, uh, like boxes. Yeah. You can get them for like under uh, 100 bucks in some places. Hmm. Okay. Um. Anyways, that's that's my first deck here. All right. My next deck then? Yeah, please. So I think I'm going to go with Soldiers. All right, I'm excited. You said, told me you were doing Soldiers, so I said I wasn't going to touch aggro. You know, there's there's one card in here I really like that I didn't I didn't get a chance to test with yet, yeah. so I want to hear what you got. I added quite a few um, new cards into this. I'm playing 34 creatures here. Um, it's a Brave the Elements deck, and I'm playing Brutacathars, three of, three of the Harbins, which are the 3-2 flyer legendary creatures that uh, whenever you attack with five or more soldiers creatures you control get plus one plus one again flying until the end of turn uh, i got two kithian yeah. uh, i have uh four recruitment officer which are the new two one soldiers that uh you pay four mana and look at the top four cards of your library and you can reveal a creature card with mana three or less from among them put in your hand i have uh three siege veterans which are the uh, uh kind of the luminarch aspirants for soldiers um you know, except that they are two twos for two and a, a white. So you get a plus one plus one counter uh, at the beginning of combat, any of your creatures. And whenever a non token soldier you control dies, you get a one one colorless soldier artifact creature token. Uh, also, Sky Strike Officer, I, talk, I talked about this in the uh, set review. So this was the uh, two three flying, two and a blue uh, human soldier uh, that when he attacks, you get a one one. Uh, soldier artifact creature token and then you can tap three uh untapped soldiers to draw a card which i think is a neat effect you know if you have a lot of uh soldiers on the battlefield you can just draw a card right away as soon as you play it uh thalia's lieutenant human soldier buffs everybody up thalia guardian of thraven slows your opponent down she's a human soldier uh thraven inspector another human soldier good one drop uh and valiant veteran that was the uh dominar united um soldier lord all soldiers get plus one plus one and then you can cast uh sorry you can exile it and pay five from your graveyard to uh, put a plus one plus encounter on everybody okay and then 22 lands uh playing the new fortified beachhead as four of along with you know how the fountain and get pathway adekar wastes uh, and stuff like that and then sideboard we have aether gust Bramaz, it's another cat soldier uh, Calamity's Wake, I got two of those in there. Cathar Commando for uh, taking out Artifacts Enchantments. It's also a soldier. Dovin's Veto, Portable Hole, and Weathered Runestone. So what do you think? I think this is clean. You know, I haven't really looked through the sideboard too bad. Like, the sideboard looks like it's got a couple questionable things, but I think that, you know, this seems like a powerful deck. I'm just seeing a lot of the synergies here. Um, I, 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 I didn't know, not, go I don't with want to be negative. Captain. 
Yeah, so you didn't go with premium captain. That's probably the right choice. That does seem like a bit of a trap. You know, maybe can let you play some four and five mana soldiers. Mm. But I think that going aggro is the better plan here overall. Um, so I think that probably my biggest question is going to be about the three drops. You know, I, I feel like I want that fourth Brutal Cathar. So I think that what we need to do is test, you know, Siege Veteran, test Sky Strike Officer, mm-hmm. see which of those is not making the cut, and then probably cut um, at least one of either of those, at least for that Brutal Cathar, and then maybe a little bit more just to lower your curve there. So I'm trying to think if there's any big soldiers that you're missing that I would have played in the past. Um you know, just looking through what I've gotten soldiers. You know, there's a couple more good one drops, but I understand not playing those. You know, I, I like the uh for a soldiers build, I do like the recruitment officer here. So I'm looking at the uh, uh, you know, stats yeah, here. I looks... have ten permanents with one mana value, and then fourteen permanents with uh two mana value, and then ten permanents with three. Oh wow, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, that's a decent curve. Um, I, I think it's reasonable. I think that there are other things you can try at three as well. So um, want to test there a little bit. You know, just keep the curve low is yeah. always good, especially with Kithian and stuff. Um, but yeah, this looks great. I do have three three Mutavolts in there as well. I should have pointed Perfect, that out. Perfect, which is also nice because it's another soldier there. Yeah, I wasn't sure about Bermaz in the sideboard. I'm just like, hey, he's a soldier. He's so slow, though. I feel like he's just so slow. Maybe there's a build that goes more into the go wide portion of it. You know, you've got a couple of things that synergize with that, mm-hmm. but the soldier I don't that puts know. in um, more soldiers. Yeah, soldier that puts in more soldiers could be nice. But yeah, cool. cool. And then nothing you would uh, really change other than the uh, brutal Cathar to four of. Give me some more removal. Yeah, I think you know probably just test a little bit more. So you'll get that last brutal Cathar in there and see what isn't pulling its weight as far as those new three drops because those are cool cards but they're also a little bit dinky as far as like three drop is a lot to ask for a um for a aggro deck Mm -hmm. um so you didn't try out the zephyr sentinel i know that's another new one that was with the the flying right that's like the two one flash flying that when it enters you can bounce a creature you control in your it, hand is and it if a, it's a soldier he gets a plus one plus one counter it is a maze you can't just play him as a flying two two as a two one flying flash soldier um he can sometimes protect your creatures from removal but i'm also not sure how much instant speed you're going to be playing at so mm-hmm. maybe that's just eh. yeah i mean that could be okay. a sideboard card as well to kind of protect stuff Possibly. I'm trying to think if there's any specific decks, you know, maybe like against Black Red, we're going to be playing removal for every creature. Yeah. If you can just flash in and get a 3-2 and a card back in your hand, that seems decent. Yes, or you bring back my Thalys Lieutenant Cassid again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe because I have Thalys Lieutenant, I don't need the Siege Veteran as much. Hmm. Okay, that makes me happy that you didn't rip it apart. No, I think this one looks great. Uh, I think this is a good place to start if anybody's brewing with uh, blue-white soldiers. And I do want to point out, um, I don't know about you, but I did not look at any other lists. You know, people have been posting their brews all week, and I've been purposely, like, trying to not look at those. So I did this uh, all see, I, myself. Mine, mine was less purposeful, is that I was just very busy these last few weeks. You know, I started a job recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have not been looking at other people's lists as much as I should be, because normally I am at this point is, you know, communicating with the everybody out there who's making cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I also have not looked much at lists that other people have been working on. But again, I will check them out later for ideas. Because, <laughs> yeah, for me, it was mostly because of uh, that's kind of where I was forced to be. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, all right. Yeah. You want to jump to my next list? Yeah. I've got a another brew and I've got a kind of a deck update is, you know, is an old deck that was popular, but I've got like four new cards in it. Uh, maybe I'll go with that one next is that I want to look back at mono black aggro, which I feel like is a deck that had struggled for a little bit recently. And the card that I'm really thinking could help revive it is this Gix Yogmoth uh, Praetor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we went over this It's a three mana, three, three, whenever creature you control deals combat to an opponent, uh, You'll pay a life and draw a card. So it is a May. That's really nice. Um, but more importantly, like every creature you attack with is going to be drawing you a card when it connects. So I wanted to go a little lower to the ground, play a lot of one drops. And then what I was noticing while building this deck is just like this deck will never, ever, 
ever run out of gas with mm. all of the mana sinks that it has. So mm-hmm. it already had a little bit of that with, you know, like Dread Wanderer and Blood Silk Champion both come back from the graveyard. Evolve Sleeper has tons of weight things to do with your mana. You've got all of your, you know, Castle Lockthwain, Hive the Eye Tyrant, Takanuma as your lands. Um, Tenacious Underdog comes back from the graveyard. Just like all these things let you really go hard with your mana. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing, let me see here, uh, how many one drops? I'm playing like, you know, uh, 14 one drop creatures and eight one drop one amount of spells. And I'm, I was almost like, I might want 25 lands just because I have so many ways to use the mana. Um, and then a part that goes into that is Ashnod. I feel like this is a card that people haven't been looking at and maybe need to be. It's a one mana, one, one death touch, which I like, you know, I'm going to be attacking with this and no one can really block it because it trades with a real card. But when I've got Gix in play, that means I'm drawing a card with it every time. Mm-hmm. And then when she attacks, you can sacrifice another creature, and if you do, you make a Power Stone token. So you can get, your, get rid of your Bloodsoak Champion. Or your Dread so you get rid of your Bloodsoak Champion, your Dread Wanderer, your 1-1 one, one Evolved Sleeper, whatever, mm-hmm. and you're just going to be pumping out these tokens, and you've got so many things to do with that mana. Like, you're never going to run out of stuff to do with that mana in this deck when you can activate Muta Vault, you can activate Hive the Eye Tyrant. Okay. Like I said, all these things have uh, have great applications for it. Even Gix himself... Um, I haven't gotten to activate its ability in testing yet, but it's certainly a possibility that you can pay seven, discard some useless cards, and get better cards from your opponent's deck. So what I really like about this is that it would be an aggro deck that wouldn't run out of card quality as you go into the late game. Yeah, I like it. I like the idea. I think it's put together very well. I don't know. Yeah, I've we... got a couple of flex slots here. Mm-hmm. You know, I put like two of the um. Uh, what is the uh the Praetor? I've got the uh Mox Shield here. Put up the uh, yeah Shieldred. Put up the uh the Phyrexian version. So I was like, wait, what's its name again? Yeah, that could be you know Liliana. It could be a um, you know, you could be playing Rankle there. You could be playing the uh the the four four flying demon there. Maybe some of those things might work. Uh, you can kind of play with that slot. I think is the one that I'm really unsure on i also didn't make room for ebon legion um that might be a big oversight i wanted to i haven't gotten a test of all sleeper enough so that's mm-hmm. kind of where it might swap one for one in if i needed it um, as far as other, other new cards go for the throat seems like a great two drop removal for this deck where it otherwise yep. didn't have great options and then sideboard hand in hand with everything i've been talking about is you know aggressive creature um as a mana sink is misery's shadow two mana two two an opponent's creature would die exile it instead and you can just pay one to give it plus one plus one until end of turn so if i'm sitting around with a couple power stones this thing gets scary what creature deck would you want to use that against though you know anywhere you would be bringing in your well, humans is probably good right because humans yeah, has you know, the it's specialist. probably fine against humans um it's yeah definitely want to do it for that i think you you could bring it in against grease fang and be pretty happy because yeah. you're exiling yeah it has to die i guess it'd be okay. yeah but we're a removal deck it, like <laughs> I, mean, I don't think that that's a I see, too much of a what, an ask here here's the thing i think i would get rid of Maybe one de- misery shadow, or uh, and I think you have too many go blank. I would like to see okay. some hearse in the sideboard. Some... Yeah, I I didn't think that we needed hearse as a go blank deck just because of the nature of what you're trying to do with go blank in Pioneer. But may- maybe I was looking at too old of lists that were just still something all on that's go blank. faster though. You know what I mean? Because I feel like you know turn three, you know, if you're on the play or on the draw, and like they could go off before you get to like cast your go blank that's fair um so i would go down to like maybe two go blank and two hearse and then maybe drop a uh a misery shadow Misery's shadow like and maybe go up to three noxious grass because i'm always scared of the the green decks <laughs> that's fair that's fair you know they just have so many targets and like there's not a lot you can use to get through their uh four four or five six um how can I say uh, creature there? I mean, yeah, you can trade maybe with Ashnod or something, but but um, they could just trade with an elf in that situation. Mm. So I would have definitely a little bit. I would lean the removal a little bit more towards mono green. Okay, that's that's reasonable. I think that's a good, uh, uh, probably a good call for the sideboard. Yeah. So just some ideas. All right, uh, my last one, then your last one. Yeah, sounds good. So my next one, my final one, is a green-white scales deck. 
Ooh, I'm excited. So I've been wanting scales to be good again for so long, and I'm hoping that, you know, if I wish it hard enough, it'll just come come into existence. Uh, there was okay. a couple new cards here. So, of course, Brushland um, helped us uh, with our uh, our land base. You know, we were missing that before. Uh, but uh, this is basically kind of a mix between Hardened Scales and the... Uh, I want to say it's kind of like an insole type deck. Uh, maybe not insult. Maybe insult is the wrong word um, because there's not really an insult effect, but uh, it is kind of like that artifact type deck. So mm. the the idea is, you know, you were playing the new cards here. We're playing Teething Wormlet, which is a 1-1 one, one, uh, worm that has a death touch as long as you control three or more artifacts. And when an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. And if it's the first time this ability has resolved this turn, you get a plus one, plus one counter. So it works just like Ingenious Smith, which is also in uh, this this deck as well. When you play, or when, when an artifact enters for the first time, you get that plus one, plus one. And of course, in Ingenious Smith, you get to look for um, you know some, some artifacts. Uh, let me do the non-artifact cards first. Uh, the other new card that I'm trying out is Yoshin Dissidents, which is a 1-1 one, one green and a white. And it says, when an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, you put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. So anybody can get a plus one, plus one counter. Whenever an artifact enters your battlefield. I did originally have the um, the green-white, uh, how can I say, uh, the green-white scales effect, the plus one, whenever a counter goes on something. Uh, hmm. except that I thought that it was going to be targeted by removal way too often and just die. So I just went up, went with four hardened scales instead uh, in the main board. Um, that covers, I think, all of the non-artifact cards. So I have these ways to find artifacts. I have things that give benefits for artifacts. What are we playing? Um, four portable hole uh, as a removal. Uh, I'm playing hanger back walker. Uh, which I think is great because whenever any of those, uh, like, you know, for example, Yoshin Dissident, whenever an artifact enters the battlefield, you get plus one. So you get plus one when it comes into play. If it dies, you get another copter. You get another plus one, plus one off of that trigger. You know, if we're playing hardened scales, then you're just making a lot of those all at one time. Uh, Patrick okay. Automaton, that's, of course, you know, also sees play in the insult deck. Um, so Automaton, yeah. So whenever you cast an artifact spell, you put a plus one, plus one counter on that. Um, I'm playing Stone Coil Serpent, of course. So it gets plus one, plus one counters on it. And uh, also, I'm playing the new Simeon Simulacrum, which is the 2-1 for 3, and you get to put two 1-1 one, one counters on a target creature you control when it enters the battlefield, and it has unearthed 2 and a green. And That then, one seems legit to me. And, yeah. and then all of these, of course, you know, one of the big problems with uh, Scales decks is that, hey, what are you going to do uh, if these creatures die? What's going to happen to all those counters? Well, we're going to put them on the Ozolith, which I have two of in here. So that's a one minute. It's an early early cast. You know, you can cast this or harden Scales and just not have to worry about having to, like, you know, how can I say, not waste your time, but uh, take your time to, like, build up your creatures again. Just put them all on one thing. Um, so that puts all of those counters on the Ozolith. And then okay. put, it, put it at the beginning of combat, you put them on one of those creatures that you have. Um, sideboard, not sideboard, mainland. It's a land. I also have Spire of Industry because we're playing so many uh, um, you know, artifacts. It should be easy to cast. Mutavolt. Uh, you can put the, all those counters from the Ozolith on a Mutavolt. Uh, you know, if you don't have to worry about removal, and then hey, you got this huge creature that can attack at any time. And then, I mean, should, I do you want to talk about the main board first, or should I go into the sideboard real quick? Well, yeah, let's finish talking about the main board here because I think that you know, I'm, I'm interested. I think that my first thought was like, hmm, yeah, this doesn't look like enough artifacts. You've got like 22 here, I that um, might be enough, you know, that, that's a little bit low, but it might be enough. Um, would have to see exactly how it plays out, but I, I'm hoping that's enough. Uh, and you've got a couple one drops. You've got a lot of two drops. I think that's great. You know, the curve here seems pretty low to the ground. Hankerback Walker. It's been a long time since I've been happy with that card, but maybe it's good enough. Do you, um, do you understand it, though, like the interaction with it? Yeah, yeah, I understand. I'm just, you know, it could be. Well, it, it doesn't like blow anything up. I guess no, it could with um. Yeah, okay. So dissident and wormlet both care about. Okay, so only the dissident battlefield cares battlefield about and Jimmy yeah. Smith as well. So they'd all get counters. 
they'd all get one counter yeah. except for Yodi and Dissiant, which can do a bunch of counters. So, yeah. you know, that's reasonable. I just, you know, I worry about getting Portable Hold or Skyclave Apparition or a million other things that remove it without uh, triggering it, so I need which has always been the problem. Effect. Well, that that seems like a stretch. So it may just be that the card has gotten um, overpowered by the power creep in removal. I, have, I don't know exactly another card that I would try in that spot, though. So I do like that. Uh, I, I do think that it works here for now. It's at least worth testing out. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot here that I like. And so what I was going to say as far as uh, artifact count is I do wish you were able to fit in one or two of, like, the treasure... What is it called? Treasure Vault or Darksteel Citadel? Um, oh, yeah. Yes, you're not you're not in Soling on it, but it is nice that Ingenious Smith can find it, and stuff like Yodian Dissident still sees it entering so- as an artifact. Should I go down to like twenty lands and play two of those? Then, I mean, should I, should I go down to twenty lands? Yeah, I don't say I, I, possibly. I, I would see if, if you could fit in one or two without it hurting your uh, without it hurting your you know curving out. I mean, I could, then try it. Uh, I if it hurts it too much, then forget about it. Can't get rid of spire. I don't really need spire. So many artifacts. But I do want. Yeah, you don't have too one. bad of uh, your mana requirements aren't crazy. I do want turn, turn one green though. Usually, uh, possibly you know you could leave Spire and lose Branch Loft if you're not sure. Mm-hmm. Because okay. Branch Loft will get stuck on one or the other, whereas Spire is flexible and can do both. So you're gonna see my crazy sideboard. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the sideboard. <laughs> it, you know, it does look like you're trying about a bunch of new cards here, but some of these just seem a little bit. I out just of nowhere. the one that I really like. Yeah, the one I really really like here is the Haywire Might. I think well, that I haven't even gone great. over this yet. I mean, you want me to read over? Yeah, it go first? for it. Go for it. Yeah, so I yeah, got Haywire yeah. Might. That's the new one. Uh, the uh, sacrifice and uh, destroy, or sorry, exile non-creature artifact uh, or enchantment. Um, and of course, you okay. gain life on a dice. I also have Glass Casket, the three of Damping Sphere. Uh, Calamity's Wake I thought would be better than um, uh, Rest in Peace just because you know you can do it at instant speed uh, and then Stone Brain I thought that would be fun to put in here as well it's an artifact uh, and uh, you can kind of deal with combo combo pieces with that Weather Rune Stone of course and then two crazy things that I thought I'd, I'd have fun with is Liberator Urza's Battlethopter it's a 1-2-3 mana Flash Flying and you can cast colorless spells and artifact spells as though they had flash. So basically all those artifacts that you have, um, you can play at instant speed, which I thought was really neat. And then it says if you cast a spell with the amount of mana cast it that was greater than the battle thopter's power, you have to put a plus one plus one counter. So it does have that counter effect, but being able to like cast this at the end of turn and then like when they go to remove it, cast something else, you know, like uh, instant speed hangerback walker or an instant speed um, similar simian similicrum to get counters on something. It just seems like a really neat card. I wanted to try that out. And then uh, the okay. the other card that I have in the sideboard that I thought it was, was could work is Ajani Sleeper Agents. This seems like a card that would work with scales. So it's got the mm. um, if you guys can't remember it, it's a uh, one a green a white and a completed. Uh, mana, which is going to use two life or uh, whatever else, and it enters with one, two fewer, two fewer uh, uh, counters. Uh, but it's plus one is reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature, planeswalker card, you get to put that in your hand, so it gives you a lot. You have I'm playing twenty eight creatures. You can you're, you could definitely find something with that. Um, otherwise, put it on the bottom, which is nice. What so scries it away? Minus three is distribute three plus one plus one counters on three target creatures, and they gain vigilance. So again, we're playing. You know, hardened scales here, so that'll double that up, or you know, you know, just make your guys a little bit uh, easier to uh, push through damage. And then the minus six, you get an emblem with whenever you cast a creature, or planeswalker spell, opponent gets two poison counters. So, okay. yeah, I know you're not gonna like this sideboard, but tell me why. Uh, well, I think that it's just going a little bit of all directions. Like some of these don't really fit with you're you're trying to be an aggro list. I don't think you're ever going to be putting in like a three drop or uh, a Johnny. I'm interested in, but I don't know if that's better than like the yeah. I guess you can play him for three mana. He's just a little bit weird because you can't minus him with his part. You really care about here. Um, you could, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Calamity's Wake, I don't know yet. I haven't really tested that card, but it seems a little funny. Maybe you know, if you're in green white, maybe you don't have another better removal option for graveyards but you know what about unlicensed hearse like that could definitely oh, yeah. be that's another artifact that, hit. dang i didn't think about unlicensed hearse is probably a better yeah, yeah probably a better hit just because of i that. just wanted to like um, put in as many sense. new cards as possible 
That's why I added um, it. Alternately, so I was looking. I was like, I feel like there's another card missing. Iron Apprentice. Do you know that one? What does that do? One mana artifact creature oh, construct yeah. enters with a plus one plus one counter, and when it dies, if it had counters, you put those on another creature you control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe that's instead of Hanger Backwalker there, uh, just because you know you can put counters onto it with a bunch of things, and then if it dies, you just get to move those over to something else. That that might be a way to go with that one. Yeah, I considered that. And we don't have a lot okay. of one mana. Well, we have Stone Quills. Sorry, yeah, Stone Quill could be a one mana card. Teeth, teething Worm, it's a one mana card. Hardened Scales is a one mana card. Ozolith's a one mana card. Portable Holes is yeah. a one mana card. So we got a lot of one mana cards here. Well, that might be the other side of it is what's going to happen here when you run out of things to do. Mm. Uh, I guess you could unearth your Similacrums, but yeah, maybe maybe that's a concern as well. I think I would probably want some uh, Enchantment Hate too. Like if, if the temporary... Uh, with that card, the new one from Dominaria, the one and two mana. Oh, temporary lockdown. Could yeah, be a huge I would definitely want to get <laughs> rid of that. So, well, Haywire Might's yeah. okay against that, but I could play actually, yeah, Haywire Might also stops it from um from hitting you. You hit it when it enters the battlefield. So maybe I want another Haywire yeah. Might in the sideboard then, and then the hearse sounds good. Yeah, yeah. that sounds good. Uh, I could probably build this right now. I'm actually I'm thinking about <laughs> see it. what happens. Because <laughs> I did just buy some teething wormlets, I think I can actually build. It. I need to test this out. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm most excited. excited about that monkey. I think the uh, the Similacrum could be really cool. Yeah, thank you for your tips. I think I, mean, I might need some of Johnny's, but they're like super cheap. So, oh, okay, yeah, because he's not great. <laughs> can have some fun with that. They're like all a right, dollar. Have fun. Um, is that hey, all? Is there an oath of a Johnny? More, right? What is? What does oath of a Johnny do? Oh, that's. I was like, what does oath of a Johnny do? Plus some, plus some counter. <laughs> I think on every and creature it makes your planeswalkers cheaper, but I don't think that's great. Yeah, we don't really need that. Okay, I was just trying to think if there's some kind of way to work that with a. I'm always thinking uh, I want to play Super Friends, but it never really works out. Um, okay, yeah, I've got one more deck here to yes. go over, and this one I'm probably my least happy with. Like, I feel like there's something there, but I might. I, I like I'm trying this in a couple of different colors. I think um, I it's a colorless deck. Is what the deck is. But this one's colorless and red, because even when you're going colorless, it makes sense to have, you know, one or two colors. You can do that while still being colorless. And the main thing I wanted to build around here is I was like, hey, Mistress Foundry is a decent card. Um, Mutavault's a great card. If mm-hmm. you have both, then Mutavault is a assembly worker, and then Mistress Foundries get even better. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like, okay, well, if I'm also splashing red. Den of the Bugbear, Mistress Foundry, Mutavault. I am never, ever running out of stuff to do with this deck. Um, so where do I go from there? And what I really wanted to do is look at that like colorless aggro. And there's a few things that I, I liked here from the new set that I thought were good. So the first one is this Liberator Urza's Battlethopter. I, I thought it was going to be a meme. I tested it out and actually really liked it with some of what Ooh. this deck can do. Um, <laughs> you know, flashing things in like flashing in Thought Not Seer never gets old. That mm-hmm. is just gross. Um, and it gets big really quickly. I think it works very well with stuff like the Stone Coil Serpent because you can make it as big as you want. So it'll always pump your Urza's Battlethopter. Um, yeah, that, you know, that was kind of the main thing. And then here, you know, Forsaken Monument is the other reason we're really playing this deck is colorless creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Whenever you tap permanent for colorless, add an additional colorless. And whenever you cast a colorless spell, you gain two life. So uh, if you can get that card into play, especially if you can get into play early, you just explode and win the game most of the time because it's really easy to just get a bunch of stuff in play, get huge. And, uh, you know, a lot of these cards are just good. So the other... So, yeah, let's quick go over the creatures I'm playing. Bomat Courier, which... You know I hate that card, but mm-hmm. I had to play it. I needed a one-mana artifact, and I didn't want the Ginger Brute in this spot. I thought Courier was better. I'm playing Bone Crusher Giant. Again, a concession to, hey, I needed some removal, and I'm in red. Uh, I'm playing Eternal Scourge, which I do want to touch on, is really nice with I'm playing main deck Unlicensed Hearse. Mm-hmm. Um, so if my Scourge ever just blocks, you know, it can trade with the Graveyard Trespasser, and then I exit from my own graveyard, mm-hmm. and I can just recast it again. And that's just like, that walls red-black so well mm-hmm. is that combination of cards um liberator meta reshaper meta shaper again trades with graveyard trespasser trades with most of red black deck and gets you a card back so it's just insane against them stone Cold serpent thought not steer and then the new one is this phyrexian dragon engine um i wanted to love this card i really wish it had one more point of toughness so it didn't die to bone crusher giant but it's a 2-2 double strike and when it enters from your graveyard you can discard your hand if you do draw three cards so it has unearthed for five mana. But what I really like is that, you know, it's a three mana, two, two double strike. 
and I've got, you know, for my second monument, and it just makes it huge um, as a double striker. And then it's a monosync later on. Originally in this deck, I had um, the Ghost Fire Blade as well is part of the reason why I like this is that it was like, oh, yeah, Ghost Fire Blade, slap it on this guy. He becomes a monster. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm kind of like, yeah, now that I cut that and made it less aggro, maybe I want to go back and play like black or something for better removal. Um, not sure yet. You know, I'm still playing around with this list, but I wanted to present it as it was because I thought this version was the most put together. Um, I do get to play Gigantha as a sideboard or as a companion. I've got a couple more things in the sideboard, like Sky Sovereign, Reckoner Bank Buster as some card draw. I've got Obliterating Bolt is you know the new new good exile, Anger the Gods new good exile, Abrades just good against Grease Fang, Warping Whales good against Combo. Uh, that's most of the deck there. Okay, so. Oh, last thing I want to shout out is Sokenzen being mm-hmm. really cool in that it makes colorless spirits. So if you can make it with Forsaken Monument, oh, they're nice. colorless, and that's that's perfect. <laughs> I'm a little bit worried about the curve, though. It seems like you got a lot of three drops. They get... that's, that is that is a big issue. Is like everything kind of wants to be three, and I'm like, maybe I need to go green so I can play dorks on one. I don't know if you'd want to play yeah. dorks, though. I mean, is there any way that you can, like, ramp? Is there two mana? There's no two mana rocks, is there? There are new two mana rocks. There's a two mana creature that can tap for colorless. Yeah, but that's not great. It's going to get fatal push. It's not great. I mean, would you want to cast, you know, I mean, like I would drop like a Forsaken Monument, just have like two of those, maybe drop a Liberator. I'm not dropping Forsaken Monument. You drop the rest of the deck before you drop Forsaken Monument below three. Um, I've seen versions of colorless decks running four just because it's so important to, if you have it, you rarely lose. Hmm. Yeah, I think you do need some some way. Yeah, I mean, Stone Coil Serpent, Bomet Courier, which isn't a great blocker, you know, Stomp, Unlicensed Hearse are kind of my early plays here. Um, I, I do agree. I wish I had a little bit more to play on the early. I mean, the Radiant board. Fountain is nice. Yeah, Radiant Fountain's nice. Um, you know, the Colorless Lands are really nice. So Mono Ruins is really great. Slow. Sure, but like, how are you going to, you know, you can wall people off pretty well with some of these later cards. Yeah, so that, maybe that's an argument, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it might be weak to aggro right now, but I do think that there's there's some power here. I really like the creature lands and want to test I more think, with them. Hmm. But yeah, this one's definitely a little bit untuned still. I might even put like Hearse in the sideboard and put Bankbuster in the main just to kind of like have an... I mean, they're both maybe. two drops, but like just having that card advantage might be nice. Uh, did you talk about okay. your sideboard yet? Yeah, I kind of already went through that. Yeah, so uh, I think it's hilarious that this is a Giganta deck. I understand. I get it. <laughs> um, I would kind of want another Obliterating Bolt, maybe, instead of a third Abrade. I'm not sure. I mean, I just want the Abrades against um, yeah. Grease Fang. I guess I have the Unlicensed Hearse against that as well. But um, Yeah, I got four yeah. of those in the main deck. I am surprised. This says this is only $273. Oh, where's that all coming from? Me so too. All the Probably a there. big piece of it's... Uh, no, I was just like, what? The what's hearses. the? Uh, what are the expensive? Yeah, the hearses is sixty dollars of that. So, um, the den of the bugbears oh, is wow. thirty. Hearse is cheap. Hearse is like thirty bucks here. Oh, geez, that's not reasonable. Fables were like thirty bucks too. Yeah, this this version also doesn't have the fables, which is again, it's because it's another three drop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. So I think that uh, is done with our decks. Uh, do you want to talk about? Maybe we have some. Listener decks that we want to share real quick and go over. Do you yeah, want to... I think we want to go through them pretty quick here just because we're already touching on an hour, which is usually where we about cut our shows. But we've got a red-white uh, Michigo's Reign of Truth. So this is yeah. a card that I was thinking about for your deck and eventually was like, nah, you don't need it. Um, and what this is doing, so this is a deck from Viper Fang. We got two from him. Uh, it, you know, just trying to play a bunch of early artifacts and enchantments and then really power them up with Michiko's Reign of Truth. Kind of similar to how the blue-white in Soul decks did it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the new cards here are the Steel Seraph is interesting. You know, that could make one of your big creatures be able to get through with Flying and mm-hmm. Lifelink, and you can pay it as a 3-mana three 3-3, three, and then uh, Obliterating Bolt in the sideboard here. I've always wanted to play with Trapno Blast. Um, you know, we can't... <laughs> so people haven't been playing... Um, blue red you know just because you know whites has got so much so many better cards uh and you know like the mitch goes rain of truth just pushes through so much damage i'm wondering yeah. though if maybe the deck would want to get um uh the ingenious smith i don't see that in here yeah that one seems a little bit absent um you I know feel like you the always enchantments play that. cards are maybe awkward 
the the LC is like, LC is okay. Yeah, all that glitters is is good. You know, all that glitters could even be good in your list. Kumano is also an interesting one, mm-hmm. um, but I do wish you had more to power out, like a, a Kumano into that. Uh, the one we were just yeah, more about. all the yeah, glitters I think would definitely be good because that's like how that other deck works. So you do want some more um, waste draw cards. I think that's one problem that this deck would run into is that. You know, you're not, and that's that's the issue with Shrapnel Blast is that it's card disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So you are very all in on being able to, you know, win the game quick enough. And if Insol was struggling to do that, I would imagine that Red White also struggles. Like this deck can't go long because it's a Shrapnel Blast list. And I think you definitely probably want to play some uh, uh, the lands. Um, what are they called? Uh, the Dark Steel Citadels. I didn't see any of those in the uh, the land. Uh, okay, yeah. Then the bugbear, ganjo, um, yeah, roadside reliquary and stuff. But I think if you're going to be sacrificing stuff, shrapnel blast. You need to have more more artifacts to sacrifice to that. Go for it. And the uh, the other list here is a green black. Uh, okay, so this is um yeah I think we had some notes from him as well. Is that was really looking at Diabolic Intent and the usage along with Bullet Citadel is that any of those decks that are already a Bullet Citadel deck um, are definitely running a lot of random dinky creatures that they're happy to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So being able to find your one or two of Bullet Citadel would be really huge for those decks. So um, can't go too deep. You know, again, like, kind of usual Bullet Citadel stuff with Prosperous Innkeeper and a bunch of sacrifice objects. Um, don't want to go too deep into it. That not a lot else is different as far as... Um, versus existing citadel decks just uh you know D- diabolic intent is definitely a good call out as being great for that list yeah I'm, I'm really excited to see how this uh not i want to say pans out but i want to see how well diabolic intent does i think this is definitely a type of deck that you want to put it in um, yeah you know this is gonna almost be you could go back to uh, i can never remember the name of the card it's literally the card i forget the name of the most is the devoid green black card for three mana it's literally by far the card that I I like have to look up the name of most. The sifter. Um, it's like a it's like a two three that makes a one one the that sifter. you can sacrifice for mana. The yeah, catacomb probably. sifter. Catacomb sifter. That sounds right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. that you could almost go back to that and go like kind of more all in on that sacrifice plan. Um, similarly, I think that uh, what's the two mana one? But that isn't you that isn't Rose Strider and Catacomb Sifter like the same though? Woe Strider is sacrifice a creature to scry one. Uh, Sifter is whenever a creature you control dies, you scry one. Okay. So they, they both work really well with Bola Citadel. And I'm kind of saying, like, you could go an all-in Bola Citadel deck, which I think this is trying to be. Mm-hmm. But like I would that go double scry to get exactly further. the cards you mean. The... Yeah, I was saying maybe maybe go that step further. Um, I think the other one that kind of works that way is the uh, the two-mana Priest of the Forgotten Gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, just be able to get that extra mana to Bola Citadel right away. Inside where we got Corvold, nice. Yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe need more of that. You know, these decks traditionally when Bull Citadel is bad, Corvold is good. I would I would think that maybe Mihook Massacre you'd probably want to have maybe in the sideboard in a uh, Bull Citadel deck just because you're, you know, you're going to be taking a lot of damage. And you think in the sideboard or the main board? In the main board, I'm thinking. Am, you am could, I wrong? Yeah. Uh, that's possible. You know what I mean? It would give you some interaction, which right now this deck has zero of. Uh, so yeah, if you're going to play zero interaction, I think you need to be yeah, more right now all it's just in. Mayhem. This would be my mayhem's suggestion. only one of. So okay, yeah. um, that's about it. Do you want to? Yeah, actually, yeah, uh, I was going to ask you your favorite deck from today. Usually, I always ask. Perfect. You yeah, I was going to say, what, what's your choice? Um, ooh, I'm excited about soldiers. That's the one that I'm going to call out. Okay. Any reason, like uh, why you? You like know, it, I just I like some of the aggressive cards in there, and it's something I hadn't looked at yet. And seeing them all together, it does look like it's got a good curve. I'm excited to see what it can do, how it compares to humans. You know, really wish Adeline was a human because I think that's the biggest card kind of missing from what the humans lists could do. Uh, but there's still a lot of power there, so I'm excited to try it out. Um, fun wise, I like Blink. I think Blink's really clever, <laughs> but um, raw power. I'm I'm really liking what you did with Mono Black. You know, oh, okay. I, I, cool. I like all the creatures. I think it they all work together very, very well. You know, just make, make a couple of changes. I think that could definitely be a uh, competitive deck. But uh, yeah, great. 
All right. Well, that's if you guys liked any of our decks, if you want to tell us which of those you liked, go ahead and tweet us out at MTG Pioneer is the best place to follow us. We are always talking about Pioneer content on there, and it's a great place to stay in touch with the community. If you want to get even more in touch, go ahead and find us on Discord through the link in our uh, Twitter profile. And you can, you know, send us deck lists. You can talk about the lists from the show. You can go into Pod Live and see what our episodes are about as we're talking about them. All those fun kind of things and just stay more in touch with us. Yeah, and, um, uh, you know, it was great to have some uh, listener uh, listener lists uh, this summer, and hopefully we can start doing that in the future. So uh, next time when the next time comes out, you got some some cool lists to share. Definitely stop into the Discord, like Kevin said. You guys can uh, find me on Twitter, by the way, at uh, yo. Uh, sorry, not, so yeah, yo the Japan hobbyist, or sorry, yo Japan hobbyist. There we go. Yes. Um, as long as Twitter's still around. Hopefully it's still around by the time you listen to this. <laughs> yeah. If people leave Twitter, we get tell Discord. us because uh, I don't know where you're going next. Yeah. If, yeah. if you haven't joined our Discord yet, do that. Um, we'll have to find a way to get the Discord out if it's not on Twitter. We'll have to probably add that to our um, – uh, how can I say? Sure. Well, you can always follow us on Podbean. You can follow us on Spotify. You can follow us on uh, – on, on iTunes and stuff like that. So there's definitely a lot. You can of follow ways. us in person if that's your uh, prerogative. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I might have to like Macy though if you do that. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a long flight to get over there. Yeah. So good luck, guys. All right. Well, that's gonna bring us to our show here. Um, if you guys enjoy this kind of content, if you like to hear more, just go ahead and follow us. We are at MTG Pioneer, and we look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer information online. Your first pioneers are stalking out. <laughs>